0: Hey, the game was wonderful, okay? For 58 minutes, that might have been some of the most compelling Super Bowl watching in a lifetime, but then they just had to throw the ticky-tack flag, didn't they? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates. Same place you found this Chiefs 38, Eagles 35 in Super Bowl 57 out in Glendale, Arizona. Decided late, decided after the teams had battled each other through a whole bunch of back and forth, some oddities to a 35-35 tie with the Eagles having punched one in on a two-point run by Jalen Hurts off to his left in which he had to steamroll a couple guys to get in. I mean, it had everything, you know, and you're built up. I'm just talking now about people like me and you who are just watching this really with not much interest in an outcome, not much, you know, of any kind of connection to anybody there. I mean, I knew Javon Hargrave. Said some nice things about him over the weekend. I covered Juju Smith-Schuster. But again, I'm not watching that thinking, yay, go guys. Just wanted to have a good game. Just wanted to have something that I'd be able to remember. The same way, um, i going to kind of date myself here a little bit, but going back to childhood with the NFL films uh, replays that would show up on Saturdays and Sundays that made these games feel like larger than life. And no, I'm not going to do a John Facenda impression for you. That's what I wanted, though. I wanted one of those. uh Okay, this will date me, too, with the old Alcoa fantastic finishes. Alcoa is a Pittsburgh company. But they were the sponsor nationally for the NFL's uh, mini highlights that would just focus in on a tremendous finish to some kind of game, you know? And here, here we were. We were ready for this. Now, the Chiefs are getting close to the Philadelphia goal line. They're facing third down. And Patrick Mahomes, who for some reason in the second half decided he would really start hooking up with Juju, went to him again. And Juju might have or might not have, depending on your viewpoint on this, Been able to spring loose into the end zone for a historic touchdown had he not been tugged by Philadelphia's James Bradbury. And he was. He was. It happened. Bradbury himself would say emotionally in the locker room after the game, It was a holding. I tugged on his jersey. And that's all noble of him and. If you go strictly by the letter of the law, he's right and the refs are right. Then, then you watch the play. You watch the play. I'm going to read you a tweet from Kirk Herbstreet, who's known, obviously, infinitely more for his work on college football. But every once in a while, we'll weigh in on other aspects of the sport. It says, usually, I don't get involved in ripping referees, but I hate That defensive holding call on Bradbury. It's 35 to 35 late on a third down incompletion. That was a marginal foul. Let him play, man. Bad call. I hate that that's what many will take away from this game. Yeah. Yeah. What he said. I had a whole thing ready to share with you on this episode. My own little personal rant. And I just happened to run into that from Herb Street. And... He did it better because that game deserved the game deserved a final chance for the Eagles, a final back and forth. One would have to think the way Kansas City's offense was doing pretty much whatever it wanted in the second half that the Chiefs were either going to punch it in there or they were going to kick a field goal and they probably were going to be able to do something to run off a little bit more clock. But it wasn't going to come down to a single ticky tack call that was going to allow the chiefs to go through with. And again, this is all fine by them. Okay, Nobody's breaking any rules here, but to go through with uh, intentionally taking yourself down before the goal line so that the clock runs down, and then Mahomes went backward a little bit. And you know that all Harrison Butker's got to do is not, you know, completely gag. And just like that, everything, everything was sucked away from this ending. Everything you weren't excited about it at all. I'm sure if you were in Kansas City, you were a little bit nervous, but in Philly, you'd already given up. And everyone else, all the rest of us, were like, well, the really? That's it? Like, I, I did this for three hours just to have that happen? What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect rigor relevance that's the point park pledge you'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready relevant skills visit pointpark.edu to learn more what's the gain what's the benefit i've got three points that i want to make about this and i'm going to do this in descending order Number three, the Chiefs are deserving champions. Don't take any of what I'm saying here as some sort of slight on what Kansas City achieved. The Eagles showed up with this big bad defense and the Chiefs scored on every single possession in the second half. Okay, so it's not like the Eagles were robbed or something. My robbery that I'm describing here is of me and you watching this beautiful sport get condensed To that ticky-tack call, the Chiefs earned their second Super Bowl under Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and a host of other very, very good players. Number two. Number two, and feel free to figuratively raise your hand with me if you happen to agree, there should be no such thing as a five-yard penalty that draws an automatic first down. That's too big a swing for something that you don't even think is significant enough to give the team that's been aggrieved five bleeping yards. Those two things are incongruous, to use my big word of the day, because they just are. So if the official feels like it's defensive holding and it kept the receiver from getting to where he needed to go, which I will repeat is in dispute because that ball sure looked like it went way over Juju's head, and Juju's not exactly known as a blazing speedster, then this should have been a five-yard penalty, in which case Kansas City still would have been faced with a pretty big decision because they would have been three yards shy of moving the sticks. Number one, and this is number one in this particular subject for me with a bullet, you better be sure, you better be sure, if you're a referee, if you're an umpire adjudicating any sport, make the standard that you set for yourself in calling a penalty that you are 100% because no one comes to see your penalties or your fouls or your infractions they come to see the athletes compete against each other. So call the game, call it right, but be sure 100% that it's exactly what you think it is. There is no way, there's no one who could convince me that the officials on the scene there would have seen that little, little pull, little pull. That's all it was, on the bottom back of Juju's jersey and said, yeah, yeah, let's change the outcome of the Super Bowl based on that. And if you weren't 100% sure, then the default mode should be no flag. Either 100% sure that it's a flag or no flag. And my general feeling, not just from watching that play or this game, from watching the NFL year round for, you know, the span of my entire existence is that the league has gone too far in that direction where they're so worried about every replay or the 30 camera angles or what Mike Pereira is going to say on TV or whatever about them. It, it, it's, it's gone too far. The pendulum has swung too far. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who've been hurt in car accidents, who need workers' comp, who need to file medical malpractice claims. The lawyers at LGKG have been designated super lawyers for over 15 years. That's a real thing that's reserved for the top 5% of attorneys across Pennsylvania. To learn more about them, Visit lgkg.com or call 888-842-5454. LGKG. Today's J1Q comes from Scott, who says, What happened to the Eagles' font of defense? That's all we were hearing about beforehand. Well, Scott, you heard about it a lot from me, too, and you heard a lot specifically about Javon, about Fletcher Cox and those guys up front. And we did see, on occasion, Javon making a difference, getting to the back. Uh, we saw impact from those guys. We saw a lot from the Philadelphia perspective to like defensively in the first half. You hold the Chiefs to 14 points, you're kind of doing okay. But then, in the second half, a funny thing happened. I don't know that it was Philadelphia that let anybody down. I don't know that it was their defense that let anybody down. And I don't even know that it was all the people who will get all the credit from Mahomes to Kelsey to Juju to Pacheco who made it happen. I believe that this originated this whole second half with a couple of things. One, man, they can coach. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy do to teams. Uh, this was something. Actually, I saw both sides were really well coached from an offensive standpoint. Some of the, the plays, particularly down closer to the end zone, where Mahomes uh, was able to throw twice to just completely, embarrassingly wide open wide receivers, principally because of the play design. There was something to applaud there from the Kansas City standpoint, especially. But when you look at the Eagles not being able to generate a single sack, and again isolating on Javon, he had okay game, five tackles, four of them solos. He had that big tackle for a loss there in the second half. And no sacks of a quarterback who really Couldn't move much. I'm not just saying by his standards. He just couldn't move much. That ankle only seemed to get worse and worse on Mahomes, and he acknowledged as much afterward that he re-injured it in the first half. They couldn't get to him. And the reason that they couldn't get to him, and the reason that Mahomes and Reed and pretty much everyone else who was near a microphone after the game brought this up, it was the O-line. The Chiefs knew they had that shortcoming, That was lingering from last year. They took steps to address it. They went after it. They got together. They developed some chemistry. and Then, when it mattered the very, very most, they went up against a team that was, I I don't want to say Philadelphia was supposed to eat them up or anything like that. Uh, The O-line that the Chiefs have had gotten some respect, had gotten solid as it had gone along, but the Eagles, like you're pointing out, did kind of have that. Reputation that they were just going to be terrors, and they weren't. They weren't. They they did get to Mahomes often enough to record uh, one, two, three, four, five. I'm counting them here off the box score. Five official quarterback hits, but no sacks and one tackle for loss. The one that Javon had. That's it. That's it. That is. Uh, that's a championship performance by Kansas City's offensive line. And it should underscore, because this is a Steeler show, all the more the point that I'm constantly making and why I focus so much myself on the O-line. you got to have it. It's not optional. It's not optional. There is a reason, my friends, the Bengals haven't pulled this off yet with Joe Burrow. That's principally it. I appreciate it. Question, I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.